everybody. It's another episode of Delisted the Podcast. I'm Michael K. as always. And bonjour, I'm Allison. As always. As always. So the Oscar nominations were announced today. Mm-hmm. And I guess the big headline is that House of Gucci got a house full of nothing. Well, they got one nomination. They got a house of one nomination. And it was a deserved nomination. It was for hair and makeup. And I think the hair and makeup in that movie was good. You know how sometimes... <laughs> well, listen, Michael, here's my listen for it, okay? Listen, if they, listen. if they had a lifetime budget, okay. But they had a feature film budget. So, anyways. Sure, but I mean, a lot of it probably went to those purses. Those were not all loan. Well, listen, here's why, here's why I'm arguing for this. Sometimes when you watch a movie, you know you're watching a movie. And you can see people's hair and you're like, this is a wig. And I know that this is not the person. Like, I'm looking at an actor. And I think that everyone's hair and makeup looked generally good in House of Gucci. The, with the only exception being Jared Leto, who looked like absolute dog shit. But everyone else looked good. Like, their hair looked good. It didn't look wiggy. Oh, that should look lifetime to me. So, Lens Crafters, <laughs> if you're listening, please hook Allison up with the most powerful prescription you have. No, but yeah, they got, like one for, they got one for hair and makeup. Lady Gaga did not get anything. Jared Leto did not get anything. Thank Perfect. God. At least the Oscars have, like... A little bit of credibility. A little bit. A little. Okay, a not, little really. Bit. Yeah, not really. Not <laughs> really. <laughs> their, cred- their credibility is like basement level, but there's like a shred. There's like a piece. There's like a doormat between them and the absolute basement, and they retained it by not giving Jared Leto a nomination or Gaga, which I know we're split on, but we'll talk about that a bit. So the big story is that Lady Gaga, she's been getting nominated throughout award season. She got shut out. And, like, as we've talked about on this podcast, Gaga's Oscar campaign, she went hard. She she went, like, the rent was due yesterday, and the only acceptable payment was an Oscar nomination. Yeah, that was relentless. Every day it was something. You couldn't escape it. Like, if I had checked into a cave with no Wi-Fi away from people, I feel like I still would have woken up the next morning and a little bird would be chirping and be like... Chirp, chirp. Lady Gaga said in this following interview, like you couldn't escape it. It was everywhere. No, and even like there were things that she was doing during Oscar campaign that didn't get headlines. Like there was someone made like a super cut on TikTok that I didn't see anywhere except TikTok. And maybe it was on Twitter where she was talking about how she studied like with Lee Strasberg. And she said this. Every single, like she said it, like Lee Strasberg, circle in the square. Yes, Method. Lee Strasberg. And I'm like, girl. Lee Strasberg Institute, the Lee Strasberg Institute, Lee Strasberg Method. I studied the Lee Strasberg Institute method of acting, which was derived from Stanislavski. Stanislavski Method. Stanislavski, there's my technique in mm-hmm. Stanislavski and mm-hmm. Strasberg. And I went to Circle in the Square. Circle in the Square. I went to Circle in the Square. I went to Circle in the Square. I went to Circle in the Square. I actually thought about writing a musical called Circle in the Square. So, yeah, she. She's the little monsters. Be careful on the internet today and tomorrow because the little monsters are out for blood. Let me read you a tweet that one of the little monsters made. So 
I have never been so angry in my life. This is one of the biggest injustices in film and entertainment history. Every person in the academy deserves to be in a concentration camp. We what? need the names of every person who did not vote for Lady Gaga. We need justice. That that took a turn. If you had told me... I know, it was kind of going like, okay, this is normal. But we, the little monsters, that's they go way beyond over the line. Like, Yeah, <laughs> If you told me, like, Allison, guess how far over the line the, this little monster will go in this tweet, I would not have guessed referencing genocide. But they they went there. So the the Best Actress nominees are Olivia Colman for The Lost Daughter, Nicole Kidman for Being the Ricardos, Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers, Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye, and another controversial pick um Kristen Stewart for playing Princess Diana in Spencer yeah that's a that's a choice especially when you consider some of the snubs that mm-hmm. happened okay I I've, I've seen all of those except Penelope Cruz okay um and honestly like out of all the impersonation movies like Lady Gaga and Hasaguchi Jessica mm-hmm. Chastain and Tammy Faye um Nicole Kidman and as Lucille Ball I felt, and this is probably going to get me canceled, that Kristen Stewart did the best job as Princess Diana. Do I think she deserves an Oscar nom? Not really. (laughs) But out of those, I think she was the most believable to me. This is the episode where both you and I lose any amount of credibility we had. (laughs) We didn't have any, so it's fine. It's all down from there anyways. Our listeners know what to expect. They know what they're going to do. Okay, I'll give this to you. I haven't seen those movies, but I have watched the trailers, which to me, I feel is very similar to watching the movie. I also I didn't read the book, but I like saw the cover, so I kind of know. I mentioned this on the podcast before that I will often read the Wikipedia entries for movies and then watch the trailer and be like, I'm done. That's good. That's like watching a movie. I saved myself some time. And I think that Kristen Stewart's Princess Diana was not, it could have been really bad. And it wasn't that bad. Like it was decent. It was good. No, and the movie super pretentious. It works within the movie. I don't, I mean, and this is, it's totally polarizing because some people think she was amazing. Other people think she was absolute shit. But- I think out of those nominations of, I'm talking about Nicole and Jessica, yeah. she was probably the best. Um, I don't, I mean, who's going to win? I don't know. But, and where did Gaga go wrong? I think Gaga went too hard. Uh, yeah, she was definitely giving me some Madonna and Evita vibes with that. Uh, worse. Campaign. 10 times worse. It's like Leonardo DiCaprio's Oscar campaign. Oh, oh God, where he wouldn't stop talking about the bear. Yeah. It was like that. It was very much, um, oh God, Melissa Leo. Remember when Melissa Leo took out that giant billboard that was like, for your consideration? Um, or was it a billboard or was it an advertisement? No, it was, it was like ads in the trades. And she, yes. but it, is, it worked. She won. That. Yeah. And I respect that. There's something about that that's very self aware. And it says, I really want this Oscar. Lady Gaga kind of approached her Oscar campaign of being like, I am a very serious actress when it's like girl it's not that serious like i watched house of gucci that was not like have a little fun with that it wasn't that serious and obviously like skill is not what gets you an oscar nomination so no. she was trying to push like she had all this skill they don't care about that shit they so i think she circle in the square yeah. 
They don't care about that. So I think, yeah, she played herself. But, yeah. um, okay, so let's go to the actor nominees. So mm-hmm. Best Actor, Harvey Bardem for Being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch for Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith for King Richard, and Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth. So the snobs they're saying are Peter Dinklage for Cyrano, Leonardo DiCaprio for Don't Look Up, which that isn't a snub to me, but people are saying that's a snub. Um, Nicolas Cage in Pig, which was definitely a snub for me because I thought he was really good in Pig. So was the Pig. The Pig should have been up in there too. Double um, snub. And Bradley Cooper for Nightmare Alley. Which, let's just say that his nomination should have gone to the Pig. No, then for Nightmare Alley, yeah, I saw that it, he was not a snub. Javier Bardem, I think, is a little strange that he got in because I did not get Ricky at all. No, he gave the most un-Ricky Ricky performance of yeah, a lifetime. I did not get Desi Arnaz at all. So, uh, yeah, that's confusing for me. Best Supporting Actress, the nominees, Jesse Buckley for The Lost Daughter. Um, Ariana DeBose for West Side Story. Judy Dench for Belfast. Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog, and um, Anjane Ellis for King Richard. So the snubs they're saying are Katriana Baith for Belfast. Everyone thought she was going to get nominated. Yeah, Locke, and she wasn't. And Dowd didn't get nominated for Mass. And three out of the four main actors of Being the Ricardos got a nomination, except for Nina Arianda, who played Vivian Vance. And I thought she was one of the better ones. So, yeah. Yeah, the internet is calling uh, that a snub for her as well. That's a snub, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Snubs, House of Snubs. Um, So so supporting actor nominees are J.K. Simmons, who played Fred Mertz in Being the Ricardos, Mm -hmm. Um, Kieran Hands for Belfast, Troy Kotzer for Coda, Jesse Plemons for Power of the Dog, and Cody Smith-McPhee for Power of the Dog. The snub in that category is saying Bradley Cooper him again for licorice pizza he can't have it all okay he's been nominated like three times he's fine don't cry for Bradley Cooper I haven't seen licorice pizza but I'm saying that was not a snub yeah I mean he played one of Pamela Anderson's ex-husbands oh yeah and one of Barbara Streisand's ex-boyfriends yeah exactly and I'm sure it was a great performance but will be will that be the one he gets an Oscar for no, obviously not. So, no, no. So there are two couples who got acting noms. Which is cute. But yeah, Penelope Cruz and Javier Bardem and Jesse Plemons and Kristen Dunst. Um, so the best picture noms are Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, West Side Story, and pretty much every other movie that came out last year because they nominate they put too many nominations in there. Well, I thought that they were going to stop doing that. Like, remember when the Academy Awards were like nominated, nominating like twelve Best Picture pictures, and we were all saying like, "Stop! We don't need that many." Again, no. we don't need this many. Do we? Do we honestly need this many? Do we really need to be nominating? Uh, don't look up. No, we don't. Don't look up. Nightmare Alley. <laughs> These didn't need nominations. They were covered in the Golden Globes. Just let them have that. Yeah, they, they got other nominations elsewhere. Yeah, give them that. So The Power of the Dog got most nominations with 12. Beyonce got her first Oscar nomination for Best Song. That surprises me. Well, what else would she... Oh, she should have gotten one for Obsessed. Let's be real. 
And I was going to say Austin Powers and Goldmember. So, yes, she was double snubbed for those. Best actress in one and best supporting in the other. But yes. she got it for best song for Be Alive from King Richard. Billie Eilish got an Oscar nom for best song for No Time to Die from No Time to Die. Jane Campion, who got nominated for best director for Power of the Dog, is the first woman to get two best Ar- director nominations. That's crazy. Wait. <laughs> like, She's only she's the only woman who's gotten not one female director that's gotten nominated for best director twice. Right. She was nominated for the piano. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild, by the way. That's really strange. Like when you said nominated twice, I was like, oh, in the same category, Jane Campion did another movie this year. That's crazy. But no, you mean like forever history. (laughs) Yeah. Ooh, that's in the year of 2022. That's a (laughs) that's uncomfortable. Yes, and she's never won Best Director before, and Denzel continues to be the most nominated Black actor in history. So, all in all, the nominations are pretty basic, right? I would say so. There's nothing that's, like, jumping out at me as being a huge surprise or, um, like, you know how sometimes they like to throw in a nomination where you're like, whoa, that person got nominated? Yeah. There, There weren't any of those this year. It was very expected. It was pretty expected, except I did think because Gaga played it so hard that she was going to get in. Me too. Because she really wanted it, obviously. And then there's Kristen Stewart, who was like, I don't give a fuck about them talking about I'm going to get an Oscar nomination. I don't care. It's (laughs) not about that for me. It's about the art. Fuck that. Who cares? And she she got in. So many interviews. (laughs) Yeah, she was like, she hipstered their ass because she like reverse psychology them. She's like, I'm going to be like, I don't give a fuck. So they're going to give it to me. So that's what Gaga needed to be like, what, Oscar? I don't know what that is. I don't even know. Who She's cares? It's all about work, the, the art. Yeah, circle in the square, not familiar. Yeah, no. I... <laughs> okay, so let's talk about Whoopi Goldberg, who really stepped in it. And now she's on her second week of a two-week suspension from The View. She's in timeout for saying that the Holocaust was not about race. Mm-hmm, Yeah. That was, yeah, Whoopi said there's been so many things said on The View that you think would have someone in a timeout. And this is what did it for The View. For Whoopi, yes. And I like, I watch The View every day. I, I ha- have it on as background while I work. Mm-hmm. But when th- this episode, so this episode, they were talking about how schools, libraries are banning certain books because they think they're not appropriate for children. And or teens. And one book they started talking about is a book called Mouse, which mm-hmm. a Tennessee school district banned. And it's um, a graphic novel about the Holocaust. Yeah. And so I was watching this and Whoopi decided to go off topic, kind of, because she, she started to talk about the Holocaust in general. Yeah, she Whoopi wasn't talking about books anymore. <laughs> no, she went into what she believes the Holocaust, you know. And when she said this, and I pay half attention, I stopped, look at the screen, and was like, okay, this is not going to go over well. Oh. <laughs> sometimes they say things that trend yeah. that when I'm watching it, I don't think it's that big of a deal. But this, yeah, we, I was like, she's fucked. Yeah, we've all had those moments where something happens on TV and you're like, uh-oh, I think I'm watching history being made in real time. Yeah, I know she's about to trend any second now and it's not for a good reason so they were talking you know about mouse and she was got into the holocaust and so she said the holocaust isn't about race 
No. No. It's well, not about maybe race. Maybe it, 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 no, it's Jews about a, a different it, race. But it's it's not about race. It's not about well, race. What is it about? Because you, it's about man's inhumanity to man. That's what it's about. But it's about white supremacy. It's well, about but going it's not, after it's Jews not about and, ideal and race. It's it's not perfect. But these are two Romans. white groups of people. Well, they how do we have to black but people see them as white people? And they, but you're missing the point. You're yeah. missing the point. Yeah. The minute you turn it into race, it goes down this alley. Let's talk about it for what it is. It's how people treat each other. Which, Michael, do you remember back to like high school history class? Well, that's the thing. Like, I'm dumb as shit. I never paid attention in school, and I know that the Holocaust was about race. Yeah, essentially what you're saying, where it's like, even if you ask the dumbest kid in the world, like the dumbest high schooler, and was like, I know you don't pay attention. I know that you haven't even come in class. You've been like skateboarding outside. What can you tell me about the Holocaust? I can guarantee you that they would not come up with what Woody, what Woody, Woody Harrelson has entered this chat. What Whoopi said about it. Yeah, yeah. And nobody really challenged her, the other women on The View. Anna said it was, she's like, well, it was about a white supremacist. Um, but like Whoopi kept going on. She trended. The Anti-Defamation League spoke out against Whoopi since the Holocaust was about race. Um The Anti-Defamation League also said that Jewish people don't fit neatly into the black and white binary view of race in the U.S., but the anti-Semitism that they have long faced is simply another form of racism. So Whoopi tweeted an apology that day, saying that when she said that the Holocaust wasn't about race and was about inhumanities, in man's inhumanity, she should have said that it's about both, that it's about race and inhumanity, and that she supports the Jewish community and is sorry. She also apologized the next day on air, and they had Jonathan Greenblatt, the CEO of the Anti-Defamation League, on the show to talk about why the Holocaust was definitely about race. Um, But Whoopi also was on The Late Show, and I think this is kind of a fucker. Yeah, this this definitely helped the people at The View be like, listen, Whoopi, you need to sit down, grab what you need for the next two weeks, because you will not be here for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, because she, so she was on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. That episode was taped before Whoopi gave her apology um, on Twitter, but it aired after she tweeted the apology. So she, when she went on Colbert, she knew she was getting shit for what she said. Um, And she doubled down. So she said, it upsets a lot of people, which was never, ever my intention. I feel being black. When we talk about race, it's a very different thing to me. So I said, I thought one, the Holocaust wasn't about race and people got very angry and are still angry. I'm getting a lot of mail from folks and a lot of real anger. But I thought it was a salient discussion because as a black person, I think race of being something that I can see. So I see you and know what race you are. I thought it was more about man's inhumanity to man. Um, People said, no, no, we are a race. I felt differently. I respect everything everyone is saying to me. Yeah, which is like, I I get what Whoopi is trying to say. Like, I get that. It's not like she's saying something so insane that like you can't wrap your head around it. 
I get what she's trying to say, but it's also like, this is just one of those things that's kind of, it's kind of black and white. It doesn't need a hot take. It doesn't need someone's interpretation of it or, hey, what if it was about this? Like, that's, no, we don't need that. We've all decided this is what it's about. This is what it was about. So just settle into that and be like, I went on a tangent. I should have been talking about the comic book and I wasn't. Yeah, and she said she didn't want to fake apologize and that she's upset people misunderstood her. And Stephen Colbert said, well, in America, racist issues are usually centered on skin color. And that's to which Whoopi said, like, when you talk about being a racist, you can't call this racism. This was evil. This wasn't based on skin. You couldn't tell who was Jewish. You had to delve deeply and figure it out to me because the Nazis lied. It wasn't. They, they had issues with ethnicity, not with race, because most of the Nazis were white people and most of the people they were attacking were white people. So to me, I'm thinking, how can you, how can you say it's about race if you are fighting each other? So it all really began because I said, how will children, how will we explain to children what happened in Nazi Germany? This wasn't, I said, this wasn't racial. This was about white on white. And everybody said, no, 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 it was racial. And so that's what this all came from. So once again, don't write me anymore. I know how you feel. Okay, I already know. I get it. And uh, I'm going to take your word for it and never bring it up again. So she got suspended for two weeks by ABC News, who said that uh, even though Whoopi apologized, they're giving her some time to think about the hurtful and wrong comments she made. So she's out for two weeks. There's some people who think that ABC, which is owned by Disney, should fire Whoopi since Gina um, Carano and Roseanne were fired by Disney for anti-Semitic and racist tweets. Others point out how Joe Rogan, who spreads COVID misinformation and has said some very racist things recently, has not been suspended. Uh, Michelle Collins, who is on The View with Whoopi and is Jewish, said that Whoopi is not an anti-Semite. And although her comments were wrong, Michelle doesn't think she meant that in a way to hurt Jewish people. Page Six says that the other co-hosts are pissed that Whoopi got suspended and that Whoopi is threatening to quit because she feels that ABC News humiliated her by suspending her after she apologized twice. Ooh, how do you think this is going to play out? I wouldn't be surprised if she's gone, because I think what happened was, behind the scenes, Whoopi did not want to apologize because she doesn't think she said anything wrong. And so they were like, you have to. And so there was probably a lot of fighting and maybe she's like, okay, I'm over this shit. Yeah. And also, too, it's like Whoopi has been around for a while. And I mean, we know that like when Megan McCain was on the show, there was like fighting all the time. And it just I feel like that I feel like when the cameras turn off at the view, it's just like a huge fucking headache. And I wouldn't be surprised for me if Whoopi was like, I'm quitting. I'm done. Like after my two weeks, let my two weeks be permanent. I don't need to come back. Yeah, like I, I always joke that it's an easy check, but it's not really an easy check because 
you have to give your opinion about serious issues live on TV. And that to me is a recipe for fucking up. Oh like my for God, saying like, something so stupid. I wouldn't curse my worst enemy with that. Like a hot mic and a live TV camera. Yeah, and like let's talk about the Holocaust. Yeah, that's you're that you're gonna be you're gonna be fucked. Someone's gonna say something stupid for sure. Yeah, but it's also like no excuse because she should be prepared and she should, you know, maybe pull a you know, find a person on the staff who is Jewish. There's no women on the in the cast who are Jewish, but and say, you know, this is gonna be my take. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, um, why don't you sit this one out? Yeah, or like also also to the fact that again they were like, this all started because they were talking about books that were being banned. And I feel like somebody should just given her a copy of Mouse and been like, Whoopi, just flip through this. Yeah, read this and and then get back. Talk about the mice. Like Megan McCain, you brought up Megan McCain. You brought her up. I didn't. So that's what I'm going to bring this up. Yeah, I summoned <laughs> her. She, you summoned her. So she's a writer for the Daily Mail now. The jokes write themselves. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but she went in on Whoopi saying like, you know, the show shouldn't deliver half-assed apologies and there should be a whole show devoted to how dangerous it was for Whoopi to say that. And I'm like, Megan, you... <laughs> it's Megan, you, first of all, we know. Duh, yeah, we, shouldn't have said well, that. Well, first of all, and we know, like, you of all people who has said dumb shit on TV, like, sh- no, you shouldn't be judging anybody. Like, check your lipstick before you go and talk to Whoopi. Michael, I have some exciting news. Uh, Well, very exciting news for people who are big fans of Anna Nicole Smith. I will admit, I love Anna Nicole Smith. So this, I'm very excited about this. Um, They're making a biopic about Anna Nicole Smith currently. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they have kind of done this before on Lifetime. Yes. I, I did. I did watch that. I watched that too. It was um, not the biopic that I was hoping for. I mean, it was it was a lifetime biopic down to the T, down to the rubber titties, which were so horrible looking. They're so bad. They look like uh, birthday party balloons. Like, you know, when you're a kid, you put birthday party balloons in your T-shirt. Yeah, look like that. And they just sloppily put on some foundation, put on some beige paint. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, a lifetime biopic sets out what it. It does what it sets out to do. But this is an actual legitimate biopic. It's called Hurricana. Um, or I guess what would it be pronounced? Hurricana. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, it's a legitimate biopic. It's called Hurricana. <laughs> <laughs> I know the name. The name no, is... they got to they gotta redo that name. Yeah, Hurricana, Hur- Hurricana is... Um, no. That's no, a por- no, no, no. Yeah, that's a portmanteau that nobody asked for. Um so it's about Anna Nicole Smith and her therapist and their relationship over the span of like 36 hours before Anna Nicole Smith's death. So interesting, a very interesting take on Anna Nicole Smith's life. The therapist is going to be played by Holly Hunter and reportedly Anna Nicole Smith will be, is in talks to be uh, Betty Gilpin from, we know as, from GLOW. Oh, I know her from Nurse Jackie. I loved her ever since Nurse Jackie. She was oh. like the the cold doctor. I loved her. I'm not familiar with Nurse Jackie, so I just know her from Glow. Yeah, she's in Glow. She was in um that The Hunt. Okay. She was so yeah. 
I mean, she can pull it off. Um, it's I don't know how much this is needed, but <laughs> she she and nowadays it's like the serious biopic. They like a week in the life of this person. Yeah, it's never their whole lifetime. No, it's like you, like this is two days, and you know the Spencer was like a week. Yeah. So yeah, but more importantly, who should play the other the supporting characters like Sugar Pie? Uh, Bobby Trendy, uh, Kimmy. <laughs> well, it, um, well was cousin she- Sh- cousin Shelley. Yeah. Well, Amy Adams. That's how Amy Adams is going to get her Oscar. She needs to call her agent and book cousin Shelley. And you know what? Honestly, Michael, I wouldn't hate it. Amy Adams deserves that Oscar, and however way she's going to get it, she's going to get it. Yeah, she's going to get it through cousin Shelley. As far as but- Sugar Pie, it definitely can be Jared Leto because he has proven that. All he needs what, he some- licks his own ass? He yeah. He can lick his own ass? That yeah. and he, you know, he can do a lot of makeup and hair and it can transform him. Or Scarlett Johansson, because she can play a tree. She can play, you know, a dog. She can play anything. She can play J. Howard Marshall. Exactly, yeah. Bobby Trendy. She can play Bobby Trendy. She's <laughs> Asian. Oh, no. She's like, please, I'm aiming for J. Howard Marshall, okay? So Tom Holland and Marky Mark were in a movie together. Did you see it, Michael? Is it out? I don't even know if it's out. I mean, what is this movie called? First of all, I think it's called like Un Tenable. <laughs> oh, Unhinged. <laughs> is it Unhinged? Yeah. Okay, it's Unhinged. Uncharted. Uncharted. <laughs> Uncharted. <laughs> I think it might be Uncharted. Whatever it is, it's uh, it should be called. I'm not going to watch this. Yeah, Nobody's that's what I, that, that's what I mean. We're talking about this movie that neither you or I will ever watch. I don't even know if we'll watch the trailer for it. <laughs> I won't even read the Wikipedia entry. No. no, no. <laughs> but so Tom Holland and Marky Mark are in a movie. And Marky Mark gave Tom Holland a gift. He got a massage gun from Marky Mark. But when Tom Holland received it, he didn't realize it was a massage gun. He thought it was a sex toy. He thought it was a vibrator. Mm-hmm. And Marky Mark had to come out and say, no, Tom Holland, this isn't a vibrator. It's a power plate, which I think is like a knockoff of a Theragun. Um, we're in the same family as a Theragun. I need to say, this is just for massaging. It's not for vibrating. But again, it's like, what would, I mean, the thing looks like a gun. No, I, well, it could, I could see how, <laughs> how really? Tom Holland might think it would be a vibrator. Well, if you want to like, like, you could, you could, you could use it to like punch your butthole, like punch it hard, you know, like punch it good. Yeah. But then your butthole would like fall out. That thing looks violent. That's, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because it come, came from Marky Mark, I was like, this is not a sex toy. I mean, yes, Marky Mark is a self-pleasuring tool himself, but no, that that's not a sex toy. And if it was, Marky Mark should use it on himself because he always looks constipated and always looks like he has a stick up his ass. Yeah, it could definitely shake something loose. Yeah, I'd be like, you. I think you need this more than me, Marky Mark. Also, I sincerely hope that this conversation ends with the good people at Powerplate or Theragun contacting you and offering to send you one for free. They're like, please be careful. Don't use the highest speed on, on your butthole. We can't guarantee. It can take it. I can take it. Yeah. So Queen Elizabeth is getting older and she'll probably retire soon. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. She might. She might. To be continued. Yeah. She may hold it all the way up. But recently she celebrated her 70th anniversary being the queen. Mm-hmm. And she let everyone know that where she stands on Camilla 
Charles's wife, if you will. So uh, there was kind of like conversation about like when Queen Elizabeth passes on, um, Charles will become King Charles. And then it's like, well, what will Camilla be? Like, will she just be like King Charles and his wife Camilla or like Camilla, wife of the king? And Queen Elizabeth wants her to be something called a queen consort. Mm-hmm. So her, her exact quote was, she said, when my son Charles becomes king, I know you will give him and his wife Camilla the same support that you have given me. And it is my sincere wish when that time comes, Camilla will be known as queen consort as she continues her own loyal service. The, the queen is, is fucking with Camilla's emotions because the queen is probably never going to die. <laughs> and so, or she'll make her staff like weaken and Bernie's her. So Charles is never going to become king. So Camilla is never going to become queen um, con- con- consort. No. Her, no. her official title can be like queen in your dreams consort Camilla. It's never going to happen. Yeah. Queen, is never, queen of it's never going to happen. Yeah. Queen of wish in one hand. You know the rest. Yeah. Speaking of wishing in one hand, shitting in the other. Uh, Patrick Wilson has several dogs. The actor Patrick, Patrick Wilson. Mm. And he recently said that he is sure that he has eaten dog shit. Also, what a <laughs> random thing to say. I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, wh- how did he get to that? His publicist is sitting there being like, don't bring up the dog shit story, Patrick. <laughs> so Patrick Wilson says, I'm sure in my quest to clean up dog crap that I would lick the bag to open the bag and then it's on my hand and I have dog shit in there too. It is what it is. Okay, wait. So he says he licks the bag open okay his dog is going and then he uses the bag to pick up the shit and then where does the shit get on his hand yeah that's what i wondered i'm like is your dog having several shits a walk i thought dogs only pooed once sometimes my dog will double do do a double time but i don't really use my mouth to open the bags (laughs) you were to hear first folks Well, also, Patrick Wilson has, like, three dogs. So maybe he picks up the one dog's due, and then the next dog goes to the bathroom, and he, like, licks that bag open, but there's, like, dog poo on his hand. I feel like that's the kind of thing you would know. Like, he says, I'm sure I've eaten dog poo. I feel like that's a yes or no. Like, have you eaten dog poo? I have, or I have not. I mean, he knows what shit is, because he's in that Moonfall movie. So he definitely (laughs) knows what a piece of shit is. That's such, that's such like an insider Hollywood diss. <laughs> well, because I actually just watched the trailer for that and I was like, Jesus. Okay, but yeah. Last but not least, speaking of other hotties and gross things, Oscar Isaac is in Dune. You saw Dune. Yeah. I, did I see it? I mean, I slept. That was the best sleep I've ever had. I like slept. And I would like wake up and then I would see Zendaya like, you know, looking smoldering and I would go right back to sleep. Like I would just wake up and see Zendaya in a perfume commercial and then go back to sleep. Did you see it? Well, um, I watched the trailer and I read the Wikipedia page. <laughs> so yeah, yeah so, yes, that's I all did. you need to do for that. I'm not <laughs> even joking. So here's something I learned from Oscar Isaac. There's a scene where he's naked. I was asleep for that, sadly. So now I got to go rewatch it. Shit. Oh my God. Just go on like, there's got to be a website that's like... Mr. Uh, Skin. <laughs> yeah, but- actordicks.com and it'll tell you the timestamp. Well, here's the thing. He wasn't actually naked. So he recently said that um, he was like, I have to be naked in this scene because he said that it's going to be like a Jesus on the cross moment, which, okay, that's a reach, but still. And so in it, though, you don't see his wiener, which, Mm. again, you clearly don't want to go for that Oscar. 
but mm-hmm. he i mean like oscar the award not the oscar the isaac um so he wore a excuse me if, uh saying this feels really gross a cock sock mm-hmm. which is a like, dick mitten yeah <laughs> yeah it's just like a like a so you're yeah it's yeah they like exa- put it it's, it's exactly what it sounds like yeah yeah it's like when red hot chili peppers would put like gym socks on their yeah. wieners so um, he had a cock sock on, and he said that when he finished the scene, he took his um, cock sock and he said, "A little bit of me next to him when I left." He stick it into stuck it into director uh, Denis Villeneuve's pocket because he said he wanted to leave him with a little musty handkerchief to remember him by, which <laughs> his with his dick sweat on it. Yeah. <laughs> which where is that dick sock? I'm I'm not on eBay right now looking for it. That's why, like everybody, every thirsty hoe is suddenly gonna uh, take go to film school, so that yeah. they can be a director, and one day maybe they can direct Oscar Isaac in a nude scene, and he'll give them their musty dick sock. They're like, oh, look at my pocket; it's wide open. If somebody <laughs> wanted to put something in here. In this next part, Allison and I talk about Netflix's documentary, The Tinder Swindler. And while we were talking about it, we didn't mention that there's spoilers. We didn't say that at the top. So I'm telling you now, we talk about it in detail. There's spoilers galore. So if you haven't seen it and you want to see it and you don't want to be spoiled, swipe left on this segment. And that's so warning, disclaimer, spoil alerts ahead. So, Michael, uh, next Monday is Valentine's Day, which is the universally recognized holiday of love. And love for love for corporations to get that money. Didn't they create this holiday? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that Hallmark and Big Candy is behind this. Yeah. I can't hate on it, though, because I like the candy. I like getting chocolate in a heart shaped box. Oh, I like the candy the next day when it's like 70 percent off. Yeah, Red Tuesday. That's a good day. That yeah, like that's the day. that's the real holiday. So some people consider Valentine's Day to be a day of different things other than discount candy, like you know, getting wooed and going out for dinner and being swept off your feet. So there's a new Netflix documentary that people are talking about, and it's about a person who did just that. He swept a bunch of women off their feet, but then he also swept money out of their bank accounts. So. The documentary is about a person that has been nicknamed the Tinder Swindler. It's not a mistake for Tilda Swinton. This is his nickname because he was on Tinder and he's a alleged swindler. So it's a 31-year-old uh, guy named Simon Leviev, which that's um, allegedly not his real name. He changed that name so that he could scam women so uh he'd be on tinder and he'd be looking up women and then women he'd be chatting with them and then they would go to google his name and they'd see that he's the son of the king of diamonds he's this like russian israeli oligarch and so people women thought that they were like hooking up with this super rich jet-setting playboy and they were like so uh like thrilled by it and mm-hmm. so he would meet women like on a first date like it would be super simple like going getting coffee or a drink and then, no, some of them, they, he would like send a private jet for them on the first date. Okay, yes. Yeah. So like sometimes they'd be talking or whatever and he'd be like, um, oh, I have to, I want to get together with you, but I have to travel for work. So do you want to come along with me? And then he'd send them the jet. 
yeah. and they would go because they'd be like, okay, well, he's obviously like very rich. And then when they were on that date or shortly thereafter, he would say that he was like being held hostage or he was in some kind of financial trouble. Well, no, on the first date, he would like wine and dine them, like yes. show them the lavish life. And then like, you know, he would continue to talk to them. Then like a little later on is when he started, yeah, like talking about how he was in danger. Yeah, he would like, he'd hook them. They would be hooked. Yeah. yeah. And so then he would say like, I need money. And it was, oh, it wasn't just like, I need $20. It would be like thousands and thousands of dollars. And um, the documentary has like revealed that the Tinder swindler was kind of operating like a Ponzi scheme. So he did have money. Like he was legitimately paying for dinner and, you know, gifts or whatever and private jets. But it was all money that he had taken from his previous mark. So then in order to get that money back, he would have to scam the current woman he was dating. And then he would leave her and then he would start scamming another woman. Yeah. And so on and so forth. Yeah, and the woman, the woman he was scamming would basically tell them, like, you know, my, um, these people are after me. I cannot use my credit cards because it's traceable. I cannot, you know, use my bank accounts, whatever. So he would say, can you use your credit card? And, or he would say, can you take out a loan and then give me the money? And yeah, like you said, he would use it to fund the next mark and the next one. And it was just, and he would do several at a time. Yeah, and then, like, when the women would be like, oh, can you pay me back? Because, like, some of them were giving him loans of, like, $20,000 or $40,000. So, they would say, like, okay, well, can you pay me back? He'd be like, yeah, of course. And he would, like, write them a check that would bounce. Or he would buy them a watch that was fake. Um, and then they couldn't get his mo- couldn't get their money back. And then he would just disappear. Like, that was it. Like, they couldn't, they couldn't track him down. They couldn't get their money back. Yeah, I think he tried to play them for as long as he could like he tried to get as much money out of them as he could so like they would say like where's the money and he'd say it's coming but in the meantime can you take out another loan for ten thousand dollars or whatever because i'm i'm stuck in wherever i need i'm running for my life or whatever um and something that i kind of read about the tinder swindler is that it's estimated that between 2017 and 2019 so all of this alleged scamming kind of took place recently um he allegedly scammed up to 10 million dollars yeah from tinder dates yeah and he barely spent time in prison i think in finland he got in trouble and spent like a few months in prison and he's out now yeah he led he apparently lives in israel yeah there's different places and he has a girlfriend he keeps his instagram accounts like uh, yesterday like on over the weekend, I found one Instagram page and then I think it was him and it started getting all these followers and then that got deleted. And then yesterday I found another one that got deleted. So he's like getting banned from Instagram. He's banned from Twi- Tinder, obviously. Yeah. He's banned from all these other dating apps. Yeah, because he's like allegedly scamming people and that's It's not of- alleged, it's straight up. Yeah, he is. He's- he is. I don't know why I'm speaking like I'm his lawyer. Like, okay, come on. He allegedly is scamming these women. <laughs> there's, no, there's no proof here, okay? Let's give the guy a break. <laughs> so, and, but what's interesting is like what I've seen on Twitter is, um, you know, a lot of people are blaming the women. Yeah, that's a kind of a common thing. Like, and I'll admit part of me, a little part of me was like, 
well, how could you fall for that? Well, one thing is like when the woman was talking about how he sent a private jet, I would be like sex trafficking. I'm about to be sex trafficked. That's what I would automatically think. I wouldn't think like he's going to scam me for money. But a lot of the things that's like, do you want to fly here? I would think, okay, here's this guy who's looks rich and he's going to put me on a private plane, I would think sex trafficking. And I think one of the women did mention like are her friends said to her like, are you sure you want to do this? Like this doesn't seem, this seems really fast. Like, so yeah, and a lot of them are blaming like, oh, couldn't be me. You don't, well, I think that it couldn't be me solely based on the fact that I couldn't wire you right now if you asked. Well, but one thing he did, which was smart, is like this woman, she was taking out all these loans. And there was a point where she couldn't take out any more. So what he did was he like doctored payroll like checks to make it look like she was working for his company and making like tons of money to get her credit limit upped. So then she could go to the companies and be like, oh, I'm making more money. So they would give her more credit. And so, you know, a lot of these women didn't have the money, but they could open loans. Right. And I think that you, when you get the proof of like, t- to me, I feel like, um, I like I always think like, oh, I could never be scammed. But then it's like, if someone sent a private jet for me and we were staying in like a really nice hotel in Dubai or something... I would probably be like, oh, yeah, okay, so they're rich. Yeah, that's like what that's I think that's what why the first date is so important because that's when he hooks them with like the fairy tale and they trust that he really is rich. And then comes the second part where they're kind of manipulating them into wanting to help him. You know, they're like, oh my God, he he's done so much for me and he can do so much for me in the future. So I want to help him. And so that's he manipulates them into help. So I I mean, yeah, I would like to think that I would not fall for it, but I, I don't know. Like maybe the dick is just that good. Like maybe it's just he puts the tip in and you're like, here's my debit card. Yeah. Here's my social security number. He destroys your hole and you're like, you can destroy my credit next. So oh my God. <laughs> but there was one woman, she I don't think she fucked him. So he I think he like, yeah. See, that would be a real red flag for me, is if I was getting, like, treated to private jets and, like, fancy hotels and fancy dinner dinner that's higher than Taco Bell and sex wasn't happening, I'd be like, come on now, what is this a front for? Well, the woman, she, there was one woman that she, they went out on a date and they didn't have any chemistry. So they, um, she, they were friends. And she still gave him money. So he he kind of knew how to manipulate. And the I mean, the women are honestly brave for speaking out because he is capable of some scary shit and he has threatened them. Well, yeah, he like, um, in like the trailer for Tinder Swindler, they like play some voicemail messages that are from him. And yeah, he obviously, if he's able to manipulate a situation like that, he could mess up your life further that would be very scary yeah and they're turned so obviously netflix is turning this into a scripted movie which it has has all the makings for that um who do you think should pay the 
play the Tinder Swindler? Let's see. Hmm. The Tinder Swindler is, the from the pictures that I've seen of him, he's got dark hair. And it has to be somebody who can, like, convince themselves as, that they're handsome. Or, like, convince Oh, God, don't say Jared Leto. So here's the thing. With enough <laughs> makeup, prosthetics, and hair, Jared Leto can be absolutely any character. He transforms into his character. So I'm saying Jared Leto. <laughs> I'll say Scarlett Johansson. Um, but yeah, so this, the Tinder Swindler, like we said, is banned off of apps. So what is what is he going to do? Uh, oh, maybe he does it like old-fashioned style and he just starts picking random numbers. Uh, like random phone numbers. And he's like, hello, uh, I'm calling from the IRS. And whoopsies, you owe $5,000 in unpaid taxes. If you do not pay them right now or pay me with an Amazon gift card, the police will be coming to your house. Yeah, or he'll get into an um, MLM. He'll join Lululemon. Or... Um, <laughs> No, what I think he's probably going to do is he's going to get like face off surgery, like extreme plastic surgery Uh to look like a completely different person and then move to like another country and continue the scam. (laughs) But he's got to pick something different. He's not like the son of a Russian Israeli diamond oligarch. He'll be like, I'm the son of a Russian Israeli emerald oligarch. (laughs) No, his sister invented posters. His sister Romy and her friend Michelle. You and I would get scammed by that. (laughs) Okay, so that ends this show. If you would like to email us for any reason, you can email us at dtp at delisted.com, dtp at delisted.com, and talk to you next week. I mean, we don't talk to you. Well, we talk to you. Talk at you. Yeah, talk at you. We'll do that next week. (laughs) Enjoy enjoy our one-sided conversation. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) 